Hello, welcome to the Little Brown School Podcast. My name is Jenny Choi, and I'm the Senior Manager of School and Library Marketing here at Little Brown Books for Young Readers. Today, I'm thrilled to be chatting with none other than Pseudonymous Bosch, the infamously anonymous author of the New York Times best-selling Secret Series and The Bad Books. Despite rumors to the contrary, his books are not actually written by his pet rabbit, Quiche. The rabbit is merely his typist. Welcome, PB. Thank you. Uh, you now, my understanding is that you are calling to, uh, uh, in honor of Banned Books Week, to tell me that my books were banned. Is that, uh, is that correct? <laughs> That's what I'm hoping this call is about. Ah, well, here's the big drawback of having your books banned. People only want to read them more, and I know you're trying to keep a low profile. Um, before I forget, I want to let you know that this conversation is being recorded, you know, for posterity's sake. Oh, uh, that's kind of the opposite of what I was I was under the impression of. Uh, no teachers or librarians or anybody in the book world uh, in your audience. Mm, maybe maybe just like some, a few. Okay, I don't want the, I don't want this uh, to uh, you know encourage anybody to read my books. <laughs> and that's the last thing we want to encourage either. I'm very interested in thinking about the language in your writing, especially the connection and emphasis you have on the physicality in your stories. So like in the secret series, the five senses are key to understanding the story because you can't actually say where the story is taking place and provide details because it's a secret. And then we see in the bad books, there's a very strong sense of place and setting and how the characters interact with this island that Earth Ranch is located on. In both series, there's, there's this common separation, verging on antagonism between brains and brawn. But your stories play with this, for lack of a better word, tension. Do you as a writer accept this bronze versus brains dichotomy? It doesn't seem like you do. How do you balance these two sides? Well, you know, I learned most of what I know uh, from reading novels. Nothing I know uh, is based in facts. <laughs> that I kind of filled my books with a lot of, uh, you know, information and, and thinking, uh, or at least I pro- hope to provoke, you know, thinking among, among readers. And then as for bronze, uh, you know, I think like many writers, you know, I wasn't necessarily the brawniest growing up. So, I, you know, I, I try to make up for that, I think, in the books. But uh, what you're getting at, I think, though, is something a little bit different, which is whether in the whole idea of thinking uh, and the life of the mind is separated from physical experience in my books. And, mm-hmm. and it's true uh, that, that it's all, you know, it's all mixed up. From the very beginning, you know, in, in the first book in the Secret Series, there's the, you know, the, the, early on, there's the Symphony of Smells, which leads the, the heroes of the books, Cass and Max Ernest, to, to learn about synesthesia, which is the confusion of the senses, you know, a real condition that many people have where smells and colors or sounds and tastes might be confused in their head. And, uh, many artists and writers and poets in the past have had synesthesia. And in the books, I think, try to use sometimes one sense to, to make sense of another, if that makes any sense. And also, uh, as you suggested at the beginning, to make up for maybe certain lack of knowledge uh, that the reader might have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about basic facts like where a story takes place. It's all very, it's all very conscious. And from the beginning, 
as well, I, I thought about the different kinds of intelligences that kids might have, and I tried to uh, convey that in my cast of characters, where they may look at the world through very different eyes, or in the case of, you know, uh, my, my third book, this book is not good for you, they're without eyes at all, because there's, there's a blind chef who has a restaurant uh, where you eat in darkness, mm-hmm. and therefore kind of experiencing the world in that sense, obviously, through taste. And, and then there's the chocolate in that book that, that brings back memories. And so one, one sensory experience leads to one other sensory experience leads to a different way of understanding the world. And I guess uh, you know, the, I'll, that's all to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you definitely do a good job of conveying the types of intelligence um, how do you construct your characters' use of language as they deal with their environments? So thinking about the narrative techniques you, you use in the Secret series, for example, which is t- mostly told from the second-person point of view, and Bad Books use, kind of uses the first and third-person perspectives. Well, the second person in, in, the, in the Secret series, you know, is largely about being, you know, addressing the reader directly, mm-hmm. which comes in part from, from the way the book started, a series of letters to a fourth grader named May, who I was addressing directly. And that kind of way of writing and communicating just worked its way into all the novels in that series. As far as creating an environment through dialogue, I think it's a really interesting notion. I mean, I, I, we, as writers, most of us, we try to use dialogue to advance story. Good dialogue doesn't just, you know, express the character's ideas. It also moves the story along. And something I learned, you know, writing screenplays, this is semi-off the record because it's not a Spadamus-Bashi thing, but I, I did come out of screenplays before I, I wrote novels. So, I, you know, it was my understanding going in to writing books that the dialogue was supposed to, you know, advance, advance plot. Mm-hmm. But it also, uh, with, what's interesting about your question, it does also create an environment. I mean, you, on the one hand, it's sort of obvious, like, you know, regional dialect might kind of suggest that you're in a certain country or place. But there's also a way in which it, it, a dialogue can kind of express physical environment, almost like a kind of echolocation, like bats, where, you know, through things that a, a character is saying, you might you get a sense of, you know, how large a place is mm-hmm. or what it looks like and, and so on. They, they can sometimes be more vivid than straight-on prose description. So it was very deliberate when I, uh, when I was conceiving of the bad books to create a, uh, you know, a very specific environment. And that's how I kind of, how the island, uh, Price so, Island, this volcanic island developed. Uh, it was because I wanted to really ground the books uh, in, a, in, a, in a particular location, uh, really just for the, for, the, for the change of it. So brothers Max Ernest and Paul Clay, they couldn't be more different, as is often the case with siblings. Max is talkative and neurotic, and Clay is more of an emotional character, a little bit brooding, a little bit angry. Was one character easier to write than the other, or do you relate more to one? You know, it's a pretty easy uh, easy question to answer. Uh, kids, when they ask me about the characters in the books, I, I point out Max Ernest's initials are M-E, you know, and, and that really he is me in many ways. Max Ernest, throughout the secret series, on one level he's trying to learn to tell a joke and to be funny. 
and uh, it's something that's a struggle for him because he's really interested in humor, but he doesn't really know how to share his humor with others. And that's sort of the deeper thing is he's trying to relate to his peers and to, and to learn how to kind of communicate with the world. And, and really, he's, a, he's kind of a writer character in that way and a character that I relate to. Paul Clay, no, he's not verbal in the same way. And he's not quirky in the same way, which actually makes him a harder character, at least for me, to write. He's, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's brooding and less, extra, less extroverted in that particular way, and, and it's, it's a kind of different kind of writing challenge. I mean, you know, to make, to make that kind of character real and relatable, even, though, even in a way he's more of an everyman-type boy, mm-hmm. but that, for me at least as a writer, that, it's, a, that's, a, that's a more difficult project. I don't know if other writers would, would feel that way, but for me, in a way, Max Ernest is almost, I mean, that, it sounds negative, but I don't mean it as negative. He's almost more cartoonish in the sense that he's, he's, he has, he's an exaggerated personality. Mm-hmm. So that makes it kind of fun and easy to write. Whereas with Paul Clay, I really, I had to get, it's almost, I had to get really inside, I think, what his experience and, and his feelings were, which was a different kind of challenge. Sounds so interesting that you just took like a complete opposite writing approach, going from the Secret Series into the bad books in terms of like we just talked about setting and then these characters how different they are but then these are also worlds that are coming together very very much and actually in in the third the third and final book in the bad books that really comes to a head and, and you it's possible that fans of the secret series may see a certain heroine from the secret series now as an adult woman Oh, that's uh, play, very exciting. Play a significant role in, in, in bad, bad News, the final book, and in, in, in the Bad Books. Um, Did you find it a challenge to kind of interweave the elements you were using in the Secret Series into the Bad Books, since it's so different? Challenge only in terms of kind of how much to do it. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted the Bad Books to be independent of the Secret Series, to have their own flavor and style. And not to, and I didn't want readers to have to have, have to necessarily have read the Secret Series first. So uh, you know, I, I I needed to do that, but I also kind of for the fun of it, and I knew that for for Secret Series fans, it would be exciting to to see these elements coming in from from the other books. And in fact, the character of Paul Clay, now called Clay in in, in the bad books, the fact that he is the hero really comes from the readers. I had, you know, after writing the secret series, I started getting a lot of, you know, mail from, from kids, all of whom were, you know, very, very happy with the way I ended the secret series, thought I had not left anything hanging, and <laughs> they were totally satisfied with my perfect ending to the series. Although they, the way they expressed this was to be very angry with me and <laughs> demand that I write more and say that that wasn't a real ending. <laughs> so, yeah, and then actually some of them said, well, okay, if you if you're not going to write another uh, book in the Secret Series, what about a series about Baxter and his little brother, you know, Paul Clay? And I said to them, you know, I don't take suggestions from readers. I'll never do that. Uh, <laughs> never talk to me again. I have artistic integrity. And then what did I do? I, you know, took their idea. So that actually, the, 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 the genesis of the bad books in that sense actually came directly from, from the fans of the Secret Series. So that kind of leads into my other question, because I know you do a certain number of school visits every year. And so... This is where we know where we find out that the bad books comes from from suggestions from your readers. Are, is there anything else you learn from interacting with these readers in a school setting that has affected your writing? Well, you know, I, I kind of would just con- 
couldn't follow up on what I was saying in a, in a broader sense. Because, you know, when I go to schools, one of the things that I do, uh, I mean, I do all kinds of silly charades with them, but, but uh, sometimes I will do a group story writing exercise, and I find that can be the most fun way to do a school visit, where we together in 45 minutes come up with, you know, characters for a story, a location in the beginning and the middle and the end, and invariably they, the stories are really insane, but wonderful. And in that process, I'm always reminded of how how great storytelling can, can be when it's a collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. And I always try to think of that when I'm working on my books, that, that it's a, a dialogue, an exchange with the reader, and that we're kind of making this world and the, these characters and the story all together. And I, you know, I get a lot of mail from readers, as I mentioned before, and I see that as being part of the, of the, the, pro, the pro, my process. It seems like a lot of your own personal dreams are fulfilled through your books. So like the Secret Series gave you a chance to be the magician you never got to be. And in Bad Luck, you got the dragon you always dreamed of from your childhood. So do readers learn any other dreams of yours with Bad News, the final installment in the Bad Books? Or have you revealed yourself too much already? (laughs) Well, one one dream that's fulfilled is to finish the series. (laughs) Yes. And as, I, and as I mentioned before, I, re- I, I really see this last book as a way for the, the worlds to collide of, of the Secret Series and, 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 and the bad books. And, uh, you know, I, I can name our cast, uh, you know, the heroine, other than Exorcist in the Secret Series. She comes back in this book. And so I, I feel like it's really a sort of coming full circle. And, and that was exciting and satisfying. And I hope the readers enjoy it. I'm sure they're looking forward to it. So I have one final question for you. And that is, is it more fun to know a secret or to tell a secret? Oh, to tell a secret, of course. That's <laughs> the bane of my existence, but I can't resist it. I'll know now not to tell you a secret. <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the LV School podcast. Listeners, if you want to uncover some real magic and learn more about the bad books, check out badmagicbooks.com and don't miss the final installment in this unforgettable trilogy. Bad news. Available in libraries and bookstores everywhere March 2017.